0: All right, we're getting close to the end of the book of Ephesians. Not quite there yet, but we're getting there. we're getting to a part of the book that many people are very aware of, because we're getting to that part about spiritual warfare. And what it means for us in day-to-day life. What does it mean for us to encounter, as it were, an unseen enemy who can truly wreak havoc on our lives. And sometimes we don't even realize what's happening. Because often what the enemy does, of course, is he uses one of us against another one of us. And we get ticked off at the other person, not realizing we're just being played. And so as we walk through this scripture and the application of it, I would really ask that you just deep dive in prayer Say okay, God, show me how to walk this out every day, so that one I'm not taking those things that are said that are so that can be so personal, and we get so offended by. And 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 if you're you know if we tend to be very offended, we need to ask ourselves, okay, God, or ask God, what do you what are you wanting to show me here? Because that's not what His heart is for us. That's not what He wants for us to walk through life being so offended. And so He has this incredible work that He That he does. And so in the book of Ephesians, there is a little book written by a guy named Watchman Nee, another one one of my dead friends. Uh, And this is a Chinese man of God. I have multiple books on my shelf by him. And he does this little booklet on Ephesians and he divides it into three parts. The first part, chapters one through three, is Our position in Christ. So he says, he calls it sit, walk, stand. Because as we get today to spiritual Christian warfare, we need to understand that if we're not in our position in Christ, the best term I can come up with is this. We're just dead meat. Because the enemy is going to take us out. But if we know who we are in Christ, that's when we have a printout back there on the back table, who I am in Christ because we need to know that. We need to often remind ourselves, I'll pull it out of my Bible on many occasions and just read through the scripture about who I am in Christ, because it is so utterly important that I know that and I live that, and and I'm so grateful to God because he has done that for me. And then the second part is the walk, which is chapter 4, verse 1, through chapter 6, verse 9. And that's, our life in the world. You know, we, we can't live in this world that we're not going through this world and we're being touched by the world and we're touching the world. And so again, our position in Christ prepares us for the walk and then our walk in Christ prepares us for the stand, which is Ephesians six ten through 24, which we're going to talk about today. Because the enemy is coming at us. And he has the same thing on his mind he has had since day one. Steal, kill, and destroy. He hasn't changed it. Steal, kill, and destroy. And what he hates is God. And because we belong to God, guess what? He hates us. And he hates Family, because God instituted family. That's why we have Grace Marriage, Marriage Retreat, and now the Family Focus Weekend coming up with the Jacksons. If you haven't signed up, please sign up for that. Just go online, sign up. It's going to be a great time, 26, 27, 28. All of this is us understanding there are principles in place and things that we need to do to walk this out for His glory, but then to come to that place where, as Watchman Nee says, We just stand. Now, you'll see how he gets that in the Scripture. Finally, he says, it's it's like, okay, I told you who you were in Jesus. I told you how to walk it out. This is Paul now. And now I'm saying, okay, now that you are ready, guess what's coming? Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. The strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. He has schemes. He has plans. He has diabolical schemes and plans. And all of it is, if he can't take us out, just make us ineffective. To stop us from functioning for the glory of God and for the advancement of God's kingdom. And guess what? He can use any of us. Just like I told you at the very beginning, it's never my plan to mess up. Why would it be? That does not even make sense. But I do. Sometimes I'm in a zealousness to get something done that I think is for God. I can still mess up again. Not my heart, not my desire, but it can happen. But to come to that place where we understand. and See, this is so cool because it tells us in Hebrews, one of the ways we can know that we're maturing is when we can tell the difference between good and evil. So we understand, wait a minute, that is God working in my life because I'm his kid and he's disciplining me because I need that from time to time. In fact, it says we should have that. If we get out of line, the thing we want is our loving Heavenly Father to correct us because if God does not correct us as his children, then guess what? It's because we're not his children. If we can be successful at sin, if we can just go do whatever the heck it is we want to do in our flesh, and, be, and there's no correction from God, then the very thing you can know is you do not have a relationship with God. Because when we have a relationship with God, it's like our kids, Sheila and our children, as they were growing up, we corrected them. Why? Because they were our kids. I didn't correct the neighbor's kids. There were times I wanted to. One Sunday afternoon, I'm laying on the sofa. You know, it's a God given biblical responsibility for a pastor to get a nap on Sunday afternoon. You guys know that, right? So I'm laying on the sofa in my den, just about to doze off. And there's a noise as the door opens and closes. And the little neighbor boy from across the street goes walking by the sofa. I said, Scotty, what are you doing? Go in the bathroom. <laughs> okay. He comes back out. A little while later, I'm now getting some sleep. I hear the door open. I open my eyes, Scotty. What are you doing? Go in the bathroom. Okay. He lives right across the street. Third time. He comes in. I said, Scotty, what are you doing? I'm going to the bathroom. I said, son, why don't you go across the street to your house and go to the bathroom? He goes, and wake my dad up. (laughs) There's opportunities. We show wisdom and grace and don't do that. But God... I am so grateful, because I got to tell you, while I go, when I finish up here and I walk down there, I wasn't worshiping, because it, it was just the Holy Spirit saying, what did you just do? Really? Did you say that? I wasn't, I wasn't even, I wasn't even in the script. And so, you know, I always go, check with Sheila, and I said, I need to fix that. She goes, oh, that was bad. <laughs> You know, it's good to have affirmation when you're going down the tube, you know, just somebody to help you along the way. But in Christ, as we walk this out and and then come to that place where we know the enemy is coming against us and we can really understand that we stand firm because we know he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Because it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is high-level, spiritual, Christian combat. Please, please, if you do not understand this, I would truly give you a great admonition today today to go before the Father and say, Father, show me the Scripture that I need. I want to to armor my heart. And we'll get to the armor in a moment. I want to armor my heart. I want to armor my mind. I do not want to be a casualty in this warfare that is so real. And to realize it's it's an enemy we don't see. When it says in heavenly places, if you take the Scripture and and do the, the language of it, the original language, it's talking about the atmosphere in which we live. That the enemy satan who hates us because we are god's kids has his realm that he operates in but we are not to be victims instead we are to be victorious we're to operate in the rela- excuse me we're to operate in the reality of christ and the work of the holy spirit so that as we encounter these forces When it's that person at work that you think is the real problem and the Holy Spirit of God says, no, it's not really that person. It's what's behind that person. And I'm not saying that people are aware and sometimes they're not. They can be aware. But most most cases they're not. They don't realize they're being used to steal, kill, and destroy. They just don't. These spiritual forces... This wickedness. And we have, look at this, what we need to deal with this. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to what? To resist, another translation says, stand again in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. In other words, we're not going to give. We're not going to relinquish. We're not going to let the enemy have territory that he is not supposed to have. Put on that armor. Look at what it says. Stand. Wonder what the whole thought is here. You know, there's a force that's trying to attack you, and you stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Now, remember, the Roman soldiers, if you know anything about it, they had a belt, and the belt would somehow tie all the armor together. So it was an important part of their armor, plus the fact it was very thick leather, so it protected. Having girded your loins with truth, and what is our truth? The Word of God. So, as we are knowing that there's a battle... And knowing that we're going to have to fight in that battle, then we want to armor ourselves with the truth. And so if we go a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years, without having put any of the word of God into our lives, where Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I've been doing this for over 50 years. I don't know all this book. I want to. I've studied, I continue to study, and I'm privileged, I get that. I can't tell you how grateful I am to you as a congregation that you allow me as your pastor to have time to study. That's so important, it's so absolutely crucial in our lives. But no matter who we are, we're still to be taking the Word of God into our lives, reading it, studying it, memorizing it, meditating on it, making it a part of who we are. Having girded your loins with truth, knowing this truth, giving it application, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, protection of the heart. Man, those warriors, as they were armoring up, they wanted to make sure that when they faced their enemy, they would be able to be victorious in the, the endeavor that they were called to. And righteousness, what is our righteousness? It's Jesus Christ. It's Christ alone who is our righteousness. And we have that, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, you have to understand, Paul has at so many times been tethered to a Roman soldier. And so he has observed the armory of the soldier and he's giving his spiritual significance and he says so i want to make sure that you understand that your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace because as we are walking now if we think of walking as you're going in the battle i know it says stand but understand the gospel of peace that our feet are proclaiming the good news that bring about the peace that people can have in their lives Is that not amazing that even in the midst of the battle, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how hard it is, there's peace that passes the understanding of man. Paul tells us in Philippians, because all of this, he says, as I'm looking at the soldier and I'm seeing the armament that he wears, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, we we as Christians, we have that, we have that, we have that. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the enemy. Their shields were made of wood covered in leather and oiled extensively because if an arrow hit it, they wanted the arrow to glance off, not stick in it. I got to tell you, arrows hit me, I want them to glance off, not stick in me. And the enemy shoots us fiery darts. Sometimes it's a word from a family member, co-worker, whomever. And if we're unprotected, it penetrates and it has a detrimental effect. The flaming arrows, see, it, it causes even the greater pain. Not just the penetration, but now the fire. And, and how many times has someone said something to you and you let it get down in your soul and it burn like fire? Sticks and stalls may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. wonder who came up with that one. So, a caution would be if what is Getting ready to come out of my mouth is going to hurt someone else. And, and I understand there has to be correction. I get it. You know, we're parents and, and you have to correct your children. That's not what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but what's coming out of my mouth is going to hurt somebody. It's a, it's a dart that I'm, I'm really looking for the liver. You know, I'm looking for something that's going to cause the greatest pain and ult- ultimate destruction. And that's my objective would it not be wise To take a step back Suck it up a little bit Say okay Lord What do you want me to say And not only what do you want me to say As I demonstrated poorly In the very beginning of this service How do you want me to say it Because at the end of it It's for your glory For your honor For your praise it's, I'm here as your instrument Actually when you think about it As we Armor up like this, we're really here as his weapon, so to speak. And take the helmet of salvation. Where is the greatest attack from the enemy on our lives? It's on the mind. So if our mind isn't protected, then we're going to be decimated. The helmet of salvation. It it really, if you think of the armor, it's just simply saying, just put on Jesus, just put on Jesus, put on Jesus. That's how we get through the day every day, and that's how we demonstrate that we have this incredible, loving relationship with our amazing heavenly Father. And then the sword of the Spirit. What's the sword of the Spirit? Oh, it says, "Oh, which is the Word of God." Again. If you don't know how to use the word of God, and when I say that, I don't mean just to jab people. Because we can do that too. We can take a verse and and say, yeah, you know, you're not. I get it. I've done that way too many times. I understand that one too well. But using the word so that when the enemy comes, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tested by the enemy, every time Satan would offer a temptation, Jesus would respond with the word of God. And that's us too. And we have that. We have the Holy Spirit living within us, as we've already talked about in this book. We have the Holy Spirit living within us to bring to our remembrance the Scripture. So make sure, and I know it's difficult, seemingly we're so busy, but we need to make sure we have that time to get the Word into our lives so that when we encounter these difficulties, and we will, when we encounter these battles, and we will, then we have enough in us the holy spirit can recall that and we can apply that to that particular situation now how's it going to happen who knows how it's going to happen but the enemy loves to create fear he loves to create unforgiveness he loves what to bring division in the body of christ and so we'll start seeing things, we'll start hearing things, and we'll start taking sides rather than saying, okay, God, let's, let's just get right here because watch what happens. You're all dressed up. Everybody dressed up, you put the armor on. By the way, I do this every day just so you, just so you know. Um, and you're all dressed up. And Paul says, now that you're all dressed up, here's where the battle really is. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times In the spirit and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf. The battle is in the spirit realm and that's in prayer. Now, does it spill over into our world? Of course it does. We've already talked about that today. But the real battle is for you and I to be so engaged as we're intimate with God, so engaged in prayer that when the enemy comes... For others, we're there. What's he say? He says, "Pray for others, for all the saints." And he says, "He says, and especially pray for me. I need your prayers." It's so crucial that we love each other enough that we pray. Years ago, one of the pastors here in town was in trouble, and there were there was all sorts of things being said about him in the community. It was really not pleasant. And I happened to encounter some of the members of that church. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this about people, but when people are doing something, they want to get people on their side, right? And so in their conversation with me, they were trying to convince me that their pastor was really wrong. And they were just kind of wanting Steve as another pastor to agree with them about their course of action, which was to remove him as their pastor, and so we're literally downtown Chester in a shop, and this conversation is going on. And I said, Well, I said, Can I ask you a question? And maybe this will help. I said, What's the question? I said, Have you prayed for your pastor as much as you have talked about him to other people? You know, it was amazing. They left the shop. I don't think they even bought anything that day, they just walked out of the shop. Because that's our tendency. And again, without realizing it, we become instruments of the enemy, which is not what we want. Nobody does. At least I wouldn't even think so. But it can happen if we're not careful. We don't take every thought captive and surrender every word to God so that we can be used of God for his divine purpose in prayer. And Paul says, as you're praying for me, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that is proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. See, he was that prisoner, as I mentioned earlier, uh, tethered to that Roman soldier. And he said, it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. The question is, will I do what Father wants me to do? Will I respond as the Holy Spirit living within me gives me to respond what will be the way I handle life now so this battle we're talking about is real and it's more real sometimes than others we are blessed here in America to have all the wonders that we have and the freedom that we have and so Friday night I'm getting ready to go to bed and I just clicked on YouTube to listen to a praise song before I went to bed had my phone in my hand because I was going to go um, charge it and this song comes on and I don't even know who was performing it, it was a church somewhere and they were doing a fantastic job, it was so good and As I looked at my phone, I realized that I had gotten a text from Samuel Thomas earlier in the day, and I just hadn't read it. It was busy, whatever. Samuel Thomas, for those who don't know, our friend in India. And his text had a picture of an Indian pastor, Pastor Madawan, introducing those that received the text to this pastor. And then the story that followed. This was on Friday night that I got it. And here's what it said. On Thursday, the pastor and his family were preparing for his daughter's wedding. And for her wedding, all the relatives came. And while they were there, they told the pastor that they wanted him to denounce his faith for two hours so that during his daughter's wedding they could do it in the Hindu fashion. His answer was no. At that, they proceeded to drag him out of the house and began beating him. They continued beating him as they dragged him out of the village. And when he was half unconscious and bleeding badly they took wood and straw and piled it over him and lit it and burned him alive and i'm reading this and listening to this wonderful amazing song and and maybe this is where i get in trouble sometimes but i'm thinking okay This, the blood of this martyr, based on the word of God, is amazing. Amazing worship to God. And it isn't that it diminished the worship of those who are singing. It's just, we live in different worlds. And I guess my thought for me was, am I as grateful as I need to be? And... And would I, it's always the question for me as we're involved with these folks in other countries who are giving their lives, would I go that far? I want to believe that I would, but I don't know that I would. I mean, I'm not there. I've not had to walk through that. But I would question us today to ask ourselves, Father, and again, I realize I've given you the most extreme example But Father, what is my worship like? Is it really the worship that honors you? Like I said earlier, it's not just the music. It's prayer that we were. I'm so grateful we had so many folks over here praying uh, during the the time of music. It's words. it's, It's the word of God ministering to our hearts and lives. But Holy Spirit, would you help us as Western Christians not to be thinking, well, we don't know what that's like and we don't, but how would you use us to help other people see the true value of worship and thanksgiving? How would he do that? You know what's really amazing about our loving God is he loves each of us and He loves us so much that whether we're here in the Western world with the privileges and joys and opportunities that we have or in some other country where it's not quite the same, that he ministers to us each individually. But at the end of it, there's always a spiritual conflict. And we all get to choose how we're going to respond to that conflict. In this pastor's case. It escalated to the place of. Requiring his life. And when he was given the choice. Of denouncing Christ. He said no. I will not. You see. Well, again that's so extreme. And it is. But see for us it's our choices of relationships and our choices of entertainment and our choices of activities that we can so easily so often put before our God and without realizing it, it is giving the enemy an opportunity to begin to penetrate. Back in chapter 4 of Ephesians, it says, Whatever you do, do not give the enemy an advantage. And the idea there is just don't leave the door cracked. Because if you do, he'll get his foot in it. And he can't own you. But man, he can harass the living daylights out of you. He can't own any of us who are bought with the blood of Christ. but he can harass us. So let me ask you to do this, please. As we close today, I'm going to just ask you to go ahead and stand. As we close today, would you allow the Holy Spirit to truly search your your life? And if there's any doors that have been cracked and left open, whether intentionally or carelessly, that this would be the time for God helping you to close those doors so that, when you face the conflict that we're all going to face, if we're not facing now, and most of us are in some spiritual realm, whether we even realize it or not, that we will be armored properly so that we can know, we can know, we can know that not only are we protected by God in that situation, but we are provided for by God to handle it in Him for his glory and for his praise. Father, I thank you for every person here. I thank you that we have the privileges of Western world being able to gather, having the all the amenities we have here of incredible music and a wonderful place to come and gather. And all the opportunities are ours and our Family and our work and our commerce, where we can share the reality of you, Christ, living in us and the difference it makes because you are. And Lord, I would ask us together to pray as Samuel asked us to pray for this pastor's wife and for his children as they go through this time. And one, you would protect them, but you would also now provide for them because their livelihood has been removed. So we ask all this in your name, Jesus, the name of the one who gave his life, and that's why we have life. That's why we have life abundant and life eternal. And, Lord, from this body of people, would you continue to raise up— we already have so many who are doing battle, who are intercessors, who are in prayer, and what a blessing that is—but continue to raise up those who would be so harnessed in prayer— That we would be carrying out this incredible warfare for our families and for our church, for our community, for our nation, for our world. Lord, let us be those ambassadors. Because that's what you say. We are in your word. Let us live it out. I want to thank you for every person who's here. I want to thank you for every, just the willingness, the desire, the heart. Lord, all that you are, all that you've done, all that you're doing in our lives every day. And and Lord, we're, we're seeing miracles. And we're so grateful. We're so privileged. Let us stay true to your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling every one of us. Manifesting all your fruit, all your gifts. So that this is the place. And I don't mean the building, but I mean the place, the people, along with so many others of your kids who live here with us in this community, who are being used by you, and we win this victory. In these last days where more people can come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and more people can be involved in prayer, more people can be involved in the work of the kingdom, of the carrying out of the ministry. Oh, holy God, do that work now in our lives in Jesus' name.